Hello, friends. On tonight's episode of Locked On Jets, we have a couple of fun things to discuss. One of them is I wanted to go through some final updates on some of the league leaders and talk about some of the really impressive performances this season, uh, which players have continued to lead the way, which have maybe overtaken a few spots, maybe some players that you're not thinking about but really should be recognized for their performances. And then I also wanted to go over three things I think the Jets need to have a really successful offseason as they prepare for what will be one of the most pivotal summers in the team's history. All of this coming right up on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends. Welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. I am your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. Uh, you know, we are uh, obviously here all day, every day, part of this wonderful Locked On podcast network. So again, thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. You can check us out on all of our social media accounts. My personal Twitter account is HLLivingLoco, and you can follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you again for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day, every day. If you do uh, want to give us a follow and a subscription, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. We're available on Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Apple, Odyssey, and as you can see from this, YouTube. Uh, we have video and audio versions, you know, so whichever you prefer, whether you want to take us on the go with audio only, or if you want to check us out on YouTube, you've also got that option. So again, give us a, a follow and a subscription. We really love and appreciate the support. Now, on tonight's episode, like I said, leading off, I wanted to talk about a couple of quick topics. Uh, I wanted to check in on some of the league leaders in terms of player performances, whether it's goaltending or goal scoring. And then towards the end of the show, I thought I would spend the other part talking about, uh, you know, what I want the Jets to do to have a really successful offseason. I, I think this summer, um, over some of the other recent summers, is truly going to redefine what happens with this team. Uh, Winnipeg is kind of at a stage where um, just doing a couple of changes here and there doesn't really move the needle. So, you know, the Jets are, are staring down the barrel of a pretty major rebuild, retooling, who even knows? I think that remains to be a question that has to be answered um, in order to sort of define what uh, ultimately they want to do going forward. And it's not clear. I think the team has been very ambiguous they're not really saying a lot. Uh, we're getting a lot of secondhand information from supposed insiders and leaks. But uh, as far as the Jets are concerned, um, we've only heard publicly a few things coming from some of the players like Neil Pionk. He said that he was flat out embarrassed, which I, I feel is it's tough because, you know, he had a, a serious concussion this year. After that, he just wasn't really the same. And so, you know, to say that you're embarrassed for the performance, um, there are just some things that I think are, are beyond the control of the players. You know, Josh Morrissey had a, a, a tough past couple of years um, in part because I think he was miscast and he had a lot of personal issues going on. And so, you know, you had a guy who had all the pressure of trying to be a number one defender uh, when he wasn't really at that level. And then you have all of the family issues that he was dealing with at the same time. And so I just feel like, you know, in, in some ways, the coaching staff has really failed the players. I know that there are some player performances that we're not really in love with, but 
you know, I, I don't want to harp on it so much with some of the skaters. There are a lot of guys on this team that I think really try hard, even if they do struggle and don't, you know, put on, put on really strong performances. It's just, uh, you know, maybe their impacts on the ice haven't really been super effective. Um, but we'll get into that later in the episode. I, I just wanted to start off here talking about some of the really impressive skating uh, and goalie performances this year. Um, in, in the points leaders, we've got McDavid sitting at 122. The names behind him, though, I think might surprise a couple of folks. Huberto has 115, which I don't know if he's ever gotten anywhere near uh, this point total before. Uh, the Panthers, I know, are just a really high-scoring team, so maybe he's more of a byproduct of that. But 115 points, even if he's getting lots of filler stuff or, or maybe lower value points on something like the power play, Still pretty impressive. I mean, it's the same thing that Leon Dreisaitl has kind of had to live with. You know, maybe you can say that his point totals have been inflated by playing with Big David, but hey, he's still got immense finishing skill. He still remains one of the the truly great attacking options in Edmonton. So you really can't be uh, too too upset at his point totals. The name that will jump off the page for folks, though, is also going to be Johnny Goudreau. Goudreau, uh, you know, he's had a weird past couple of years with Calgary. But quietly, the Flames have watched him develop into really one of the truly phenomenal attackers out there. And this year, he's finally hitting the point totals that he maybe deserved a couple of years ago. Both he and Matthew Tuchuk have cracked the 100-point mark. And I don't know if Goudreau has done this previously, uh, but I'm pretty sure Tuchuk has never done it. So uh, obviously, for Tuchuk, this is a big deal. Um, And if he wants to leave the Flames, it would be an even bigger deal for Calgary. It's not exactly clear that they are intending to keep him long-term yet, but my guess is they're going to try to resign him somehow, convince him to stay. I think he has incentive to stay, but, you know, the NHL has changed a little bit in terms of labor negotiations, and so maybe he'll seek options elsewhere. Now, before we take a quick pause, uh, I wanted to talk about the goal-scoring race, because this, for me, has probably been one of the really craziest seasons for goal-scoring we've seen in many, many years. Alexander Ovechkin has 50 goals, and he is fourth on the list. Fourth. In first is Austin Matthews with 60. I believe he is the first Leaf to hit 60 in ages, uh, maybe even ever. I I don't recall the exact record, but um, I do believe he has been considered the top American goal scorer in a single season now, which is crazy. Uh, Leon Dreisaitl is there with 55 in, in second place, and then Chris Kreider with 52 in third place. Scoring across the board definitely seems like it's up this year, but to have 60 goals in a season, that's just insanity. Uh, We really don't ever see that. I think it's been, they said, something like 20 or 30 years since it last happened. So, yeah, I mean, the fact that Ovechkin hasn't hit that point, but Austin Matthews has, just tells you how talented Matthews is. And honestly, I think he has like 14 or 15 goals in the power play, so a lot of it really is coming at even strength. Pretty crazy numbers, and uh, it's, it's clear to see that Matthews more than likely is going to win the, um, the 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 Rocket Richard. And I think he's also in the running for Hart Trophy, which I, I think this one is going to be a, a really complicated topic because I have another player that I do think actually does deserve it this year. But again, we'll save that for just a few minutes down the road. Before we go any further, though, and continue talking about some of the crazy performances this year, I just wanted to give you a heads up about a really cool sponsor. Uh, if you've ever heard of them, they're HelloFresh. Don't know them? No problem. 
With HelloFresh, you get farm fresh, pre-portioned ingredients, and seasonal recipes delivered right to your doorstep. You can skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. HelloFresh's chefs really know how to diversify the menu with seasonal recipes like salmon limon and pasta primavera. Not really into those, or you make you know maybe you want to make a few customizations? No problem. You can customize your favorite dishes with you know even more options than ever. Upgrading for more deluxe uh, options, maybe swapping out a protein or a side for another. Uh, you can even add protein to a veggie meal if you think you need that extra bit of protein boost. You know, you've got more choices, more variety, and more meals truly t- tailored to your tastes. No matter what you're into, HelloFresh is going to have you covered. If you are interested in giving them a shot, there's a super special offer that we've got for our listeners. You can go to HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 and use code LockedOn16 for up to 16 free meals and three free gifts. Again, that is uh, HelloFresh.com slash LockedOn16 with promo code LockedOn16 at checkout to get up to free, uh, 16 free meals and three free gifts. Be sure to check out America's number one meal kit at HelloFresh right now. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. While we do really appreciate you listening and subscribing to our podcast, I just wanted to shout out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Uh, if, If you've not really heard of them, I've actually contributed to this before. Locked On Now takes all of the latest action from around your favorite sports and condenses it into, you know, anywhere from 20, 30, even 40 second segments, distilling the most important takeaways from games, um, giving you trade news, big updates and rumors. And we combine all of these things into the Locked On Now podcast, giving you a really great bird's eye view of all of the latest action and trends. So be sure to give them a like, follow and a subscription. Again, just like subscribing to our podcast is free. So too is it free to subscribe to Locked On Now. And uh, we also, you know, we really appreciate your support across the entire network. So drop them a follow right now. As for, you know, talking about some of the top skater performances this year, uh, you know, the, the Jets maybe didn't have as many options um, coming into this this season for some of these top end performers. We have one guy who's actually cracked the goal scoring list, which is Kyle Connor at 45. Really nothing to sniff at, but uh, somehow, you know, with, with 45 goals, he's tied for like fifth place, which is just crazy. Um, on the defensive side, you know, the Jets aren't really going to have any candidates, unfortunately. Uh, especially this year, it seems like defensive scoring... Uh, had some really crazy results. Um, Adam Fox, who, you know, of course, has won a Norris already, he was in fourth place with 73, and he walks, He wasn't actually that close to the top three. Uh, Victor Hedman came in third with 82 points. You had Kale McCarr with 85, and at the top of the list is Roman Yosi with 93. When it comes to, like, evaluating the Norris Trophy, I feel like point scoring is, you know, always ends up being the the lead factor, which is kind of funny because... You're talking about a defender, but you're rating their scoring rather than what is their holistic impact and defensive impact on the game. And in this respect, I, I think this year has a really crowded, complicated field. Uh, Makara and Hedman probably have the strongest cases to be front runners for this trophy. But, you know, most likely you're going to see the Norris go to Yosi again. I just feel like it's going gonna, it's gonna to track that way and... Could you say it's really unearned or, or unjustified? No. Yozi is, you know, while he is declining a little bit in certain areas of his game, he's still really good. Uh, he definitely earns his offensive scoring rates. You know, it's hard to argue against that trophy being awarded to him, except that, you know, 
for me personally, Makar and Hedman might just have that little bit of extra performance um, and in, in impact on the game totally. But uh, yeah, I mean, Yosi still a great choice. I don't, I don't think you could really go wrong. In the rookie race, uh, it, it looks like right now Michael Bunting is in the lead, but this is kind of a tough one because Bunting is like, what, 26, I want to say, or 27. So he is technically an NHL rookie, but he's definitely what you might call an overager when it comes to that status. You know, behind him, you've got Trevor Zegris, then, you know, Lucas Raymond and Moritz Sider. I've heard a lot of contested theories about who's actually the favorite for the Calder. Um, personally, I, I always lean towards Lucas Raymond, but, you know, if Zegris wins it, I wouldn't be surprised. Sider, uh, though, seems to be getting a lot of praise. Uh, again, because as a defender, he's got 46 points, uh, or actually 49 points, my bad. Um, and, you know, with, with Detroit, he's been a really forceful player on the back end. Not only is he an offensive wonderkind, uh, it does seem like defensively he's had a really strong impact in driving possession play and keeping the puck away from his goaltenders, which, you know, for Detroit, it is it is a, a bit of a tough task. That team is not exactly defensively resolute, and certainly they have a lot of vulnerabilities all up and down the lineup. So if Sider were to get the nod, I think that's fair. Um, it, it really is a tough call. I think there are a number of really strong arguments for Zegris, Raymond, and Sider in different areas. Um, for me, I, I might still you know, lean towards Lucas Raymond. I think Raymond is just an absolute offensive monster and such a dominant presence on the ice, but you know, I, I really don't think there's anything to be upset about if any of these guys got chosen, and it's a pretty fair field. The final position that is going to get some attention, and one that I think for me has uh, my MVP Hart Trophy winner, it's going to be the, the Vesna Trophy. And this year, you know, you've got a pretty great field. If you just go by, like, save percentage and stuff, um, you see some interesting results. You've got Igor Shesterkin leading the way, and it's not really close. He's got like a 935, and the next closest player is Ilya Sorokin with 927. Uh, this year's Vesna, I, I think, is far and away Igor Shesterkin's, which is kind of crazy because you have guys like uh, Freddie Anderson, Sorokin, um, Markstrom. All of these guys, in my mind, actually have a decent claim to being a finalist. But Shesterkin is putting up one of the greatest all-time seasons in NHL goalie history. So it's really hard to like argue against that. And I also feel like because of the struggles that the Rangers still have defensively and occasionally with their offensive creation, Shesterkin has really masked a ton of the deficiencies of the team. Um, I know he's had like 52 games this season, which some people might say is a little bit on the lower side, but I feel like uh, Igor has been so darn good that you know, he's saving an insane amount of goals above expectation, which is frankly contributing to his uh, his goals above replacement value at a level that I think is leading the pack. You know, Austin Matthews has 60 goals, and yet Shesterkin, there's an argument, he might be even more important to the Rangers' success. Without him, I just don't really know how many games they're actually going to win or if they're really at the top of the Metro right now. Um, so, yeah, Igor, he's an interesting one. I think he'll be a lock for the Vezina. I don't think he's going to win the Hart Trophy, but I would be interested to see if the voting is a little more split. Matthews will probably get it. McDavid might as well. Uh, but Shesterkin, I think, for for a goaltender, probably has one of the strongest cases in recent memory. Uh, of course, I've argued for this for Hellebuck in the previous years, but Shesterkin's performance is even outdoing Hellebuck on his Vezina run. So, yeah, I mean, <laughs> if you have a, a, a Vesna goalie who's playing at the level that Shesterkin is, 
I, I just don't even know what to say. I mean, we haven't seen numbers like this that are frankly breaking the game. Um, if he was on like a, like a top end contender instantly, they'd be cup favorites. I mean, they would not be a team that ever concedes. So I'm interested to see how you know far the Rangers can push their luck and really ride Shesterk into victory. But it is clear, at least to me, that I, I still view him as the league's MVP, even if his games played might look a little lower. I would love to hear your thoughts on that, though. Be sure to let me know at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. We are going to pivot away from like skater and goalie stats now. I wanted to talk about three things that I think the Jets need to have happen this offseason in order for me to call it successful. Before we talk about that, though, uh, I did want to talk about some really cool folks at Built Bar. Um, I've actually talk, talked about Built Bar on this podcast before because I do like protein bars. I think they're really gr- great for you. But when it comes to them, most of them taste pretty terrible. Uh, a lot of them are really dry, not appetizing, bad flavors, very chemically. And that's why Built Bar is super awesome. It comes coated in 100, 100% real chocolate and has a soft, chewy interior. We even have flavors that have like some really great marshmallow filling so that you get this nice contrasting textures and different flavor profiles. Uh, some other flavors include mint brownie, churro puff, coconut, coconut almond, uh, you know, raspberry dark chocolate is one of my personal basic favorites. It's not super complicated, you know, not, not very fussy, but it does the fundamentals so well and it makes protein bars genuinely tasty. As great as they taste, and they do really taste amazing, they're even better for you, with most Built Bars clocking in at around 130 calories, 4 grams of sugar, 4 net carbs, and 17 grams of protein. So they're perfect for your lifestyle, whether you're looking for a pre-workout snack, maybe something to tide you over in the afternoon, or even looking for like a breakfast option. Built Bar is suited for every need, and they've got a great offer just for you. If you want to check them out, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 at checkout to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code LOCKED15 at checkout for 15% off at Built.com. Hello, friends, and welcome to these closing thoughts on tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are talking about uh, a couple of different things on tonight's episode, but for uh, for the final few minutes, I wanted to talk about this offseason and what I would consider like a successful offseason for the Jets because a lot's going to need to happen. I've got like three main points. I think the first is to make a decision on what direction you want to take the, the rebuild or the retool. I think the Jets have often been very hesitant to, to make big splashes. The largest acquisitions that they made are Schmidt and Dylan in recent times. Um you know, of course, the, the line A for Dubois trade happened, but I feel like that was more, you know, being forced into a situation where line A just did not want to stay. With Schmidt and Dylan, you see the Jets getting a little bit more proactive and trying to address some very clear needs. It didn't pan out necessarily, but uh, at least the, the mindset's there. But I think this offseason, they really need to decide what they want the core to be. For my personal taste, I think a retool is the better choice. It's going to be really hard, um, and I think the Jets are going to have to let some guys go. But I I feel like there's just too much talent in this team that's not being used properly by the coaching staff for me to want to give up on it. I still think that in inside this team's, you know, fractured core is something special, and I don't know that it would be uh, an impossible venture to get it back out. I think that with the right coaching staff and a couple of smart roster moves, you could get the Jets back in the postseason next year. I really believe that. Uh, It's just getting to that point that I think would be a little bit complicated. 
As for the offseason, I think the second thing they need to do is lock up, lock up uh, PLD. I've mentioned Dubois' extension being kind of a sticking point right now, but really, the Jets need to find a way to get it done. Don't overpay and make some ridiculous offer that you're going to regret down the road, but do make sure that you aren't like trying to nickel and dime here um, and, and end up missing out on a really phenomenal talent. I think Dubois really does fit with this team, and I think under the right coaching staff, those great skill sets and stuff that we saw towards the first half of the season will again make a return. I just think with how the thing, you know, how the team is right now and how things are, uh, the vibes are pretty bad, and I think PLD's performance might be more of a symptom of that than it is like a direct cause. So, yeah, uh, if Dubois can get extended long term, I think that that would be for me a really important task. And the third and final thing, you know, I've mentioned this one before, but ultimately I think the coaching staff needs an entire makeover. I think pretty much everyone should be reviewed, uh, even the, you know, assistant coaching staffs, because I feel like Winnipeg is going to do something where they play it safe and maybe only replace the head coach, you know, and one or two assistants here and there. Uh, We've already seen that with the Jets, it takes a lot to get them to consider even firing somebody. They just don't really ever do it, and I think that that could get the Jets in a lot of trouble. It certainly put them in a position where they were kind of spinning wheels for the past couple of years, and so going forward, I feel like they need to be more proactive, more aggressive. This team, you know, they have to recognize that time doesn't stand still. I think that they have this idea that loyalty is going to be enough to carry you through, especially when there's turbulence, but with the Jets, that's never been the case, and I think the reality is Every season that the Jets lose is maybe like five years of like normal human life span or something in one season when it comes to like the competitive competitiveness of a hockey team. That has incalculable damage on your ability to maintain a cup window. So the Jets just can't keep throwing out years. I think that the seasons being a waste is really not optimal, obviously, but I think it's it's just a shame and I think it really I wouldn't say it's an insult necessarily, but I do think it's kind of a slap in the face to the fans. This fan base has basically stood on its head to defend the Jets, but I think Winnipeg needs to do a bit more to give back. And I think the team is very cognizant of that. You know, the revamped season tickets and stuff, the upgraded arena atmosphere with like some of the 3D stuff. I I do think that they are trying to catch up in a lot of areas. I think they're still behind the eight ball on a lot of things. They rode the, the, uh, the feel-good momentum for many seasons of the relocation and now the honeymoon has definitely left, and I think the Jets are scrambling to figure out how to fix things afterwards. But the good news for them is I really don't think it's going to be that crazy for them to get back to where they should be and to catch up to the rest of the league. It's just going to take a lot of work and some really hard decisions, and I think Winnipeg needs to be prepared to uh, have some folks be hurt by this. Unfortunately, it is, you know, a very human business. We're not dealing with machines. And so when you fire your friends and stuff, it's going to be a very sticky situation. But hopefully, you know, folks can be let go with grace Um, and uh, a new coaching staff that can really take this team to the next level is introduced and to give the fan base something to be excited about. I think the past few seasons, I mean, you hear Canada Life Center, it's just dead. There's no life, no excitement, nothing. Uh, and I feel like that for me is just painful. I, I was there a couple of years ago during the playoffs when it was like an absolute barnstorming experience. It's one of the coolest things I've ever witnessed with my eyes and ears and all of my senses. You had to be there. And I feel like for Canada life to be 
so quiet. I could probably hear Tom and, you know, chasing Jerry down the hallway. Um, it's just not good enough. I feel like Winnipeg needs to restore that passion. If, if your motto is fueled by passion, I want to see it. I want to see that excitement. And I think the players desperately need it. I mean, the guys, I feel bad for them. I mean, they, they just look depressed and they seem upset. And I, if I was in their position, I would be too. I feel I would feel both responsible and also let down by, you know, the folks I'm working with. So, yeah, a lot's going to have to happen. But if those three points can be hit, I, I think the Jets are going to be, you know, at least on the right path towards getting to where I believe they can be. I know that there is a playoff team in this squad somewhere. It's just going to take the right moves to unearth it and get the squad back on its feet. But, you know, it's going to take a while. We'll keep an eye on uh, what exactly the Jets are doing. Talk about what coaching candidates get floated around, which ones I would like to see the Jets pursue, which ones might not really be options, uh, and kind of go from there. But for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen, Locked On NHL. It's our daily podcast featuring all of the latest hockey action from around the NHL, including game recaps from our local experts and analysis on the latest news, trades, rumors, etc. All day, every day. So be sure to check out uh, Locked On NHL and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, we appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.